1: And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day
2: returns. Hi, I'm Pav, and I'm Neil, and welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the
3: countdown. One, 10, 9,
2: If you want to grab your audience at a cinema, make sure you have a memorable opening. It could be a unique credit scene, a blockbusting set piece, or a clever bit of world building. Whatever it is, we are going to reveal our 10 favourite movie openings. First,
3: here's Ross with 10 movie opening facts. Hello. So, the opening scene of Gravity lasts for approximately 13 minutes, And while it looks like a continuous shot, it had over 120 cuts stitched together by CGI and visual effects. What's your
2: favourite scary movie? (laughs) That was it, Ross. Go on, carry on. It wasn't very loud.
3: (laughs) I'll nod as well. The opening shot of The Shining features an aerial view of a mountain road leading to the Overlook Hotel. He designed a custom rig that allowed the camera to be mounted on the helicopter, providing a similar level of stability and smoothness to a cam.
0: Ah,
3: <laughs> the opening scene of Jaws was filmed using a mechanical shark that malfunctioned during filming. Oh. <laughs> 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 I did say a nonchalant little nod, uh, <laughs> nonchalant <laughs> head banging. <laughs> keep going, son, keep going. Okay, Okie dokie. The opening scene of Up was originally intended to be a standalone short film, but it was eventually decided to incorporate it into the beginning of the movie.
0: People are always asking me if I know Tyler Durden. Ah, oh, great film. Um,
3: the only color used in Schindler's List was in the opening scene in which a Jewish family are praying the girl in the red dress, and finally in the final scene of the film.
1: And this is my trusty servant, Patsy. <laughs>
3: um, what's interesting about the opening scene of The Lion King is it was inspired by a similar sequence from the Disney movie Bambi and features Swahili lyrics.
0: I believe whatever doesn't
3: kill you simply makes you stranger. Number seven, the opening scene of The Matrix introduced a new visual effects technique known as bullet time, in which multiple cameras create a slow motion effect.
0: Number
3: eight, E.T. features a group of aliens exploring a forest before being chased off by humans. The scene was originally intended to be part of a different film, but Spielberg repurposed it for E.T. after deciding to make a movie about a friendly alien. Number nine, In the Dark Knight Rises. The opening scene reportedly cost around $10 million to produce, featuring a mid air plane heist that involved a real plane being suspended in the air and blown up. And And lastly, the opening scene of the Bond film Spectre holds the Guinness World Records for the largest film explosion ever, with a total of 8,418 litres of fuel and 33 kilos of explosives.
0: I'll
2: see you on the beach. Wonderfully done, Ross. Wonderfully done, Ross. That was. Did you like my was, nodding? That was good. Yeah, the nodding was fantastic. Make fantastic. sure you watch this on YouTube <laughs> so you can see the nodding. I might put a little bit of heavy metal music underneath it just so <laughs> that it. <laughs> fits so we're doing top 10 movie openings and the person we have to thank for this one uh is one of our patreon top heads yay ladies and gentlemen welcome rick back yes he's back he's back uh how you doing rick you good i'm well
1: very well thank you how are you guys doing we're doing all right. Ross is having a ball. Bad. Yeah, I'm having a great time. <laughs> Neil Mark <Bye>. too.
2: <laughs> yes. So so it was your idea, this, when you came to us with this one, why did you want to do movie openings?
1: Um, I just... I'm a big movie head, anyway, um, and I just think the movie opening a sets the tone for the movie, and b it, it's almost it's almost a mini movie in itself sometimes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I just think that they're just so fascinating. Um, I just I just think they're really, and, and also as soon as you go into a cinema or you watch them, they do stick in your head the ones you really love. And if you have one that's really good, and you go into a cinema, you see a film for the first time, it just makes a brilliant film into like a classic. So.
2: Yeah I, ma- yeah, I made a point of messaging you because we wanted to have the parameters of what a movie opening could yeah. be. Because it could be, like I said, in the opening, it could be just a the, the, the great set of credits. A couple of mine are like the first fifteen, twenty minutes of the movie because it's oh, yeah. just like a yeah. set pieces
1: that yeah. are all together. Totally, I, I think I think it's kind of up for grabs. Really, it's kind of you know an opening scene could be. You know, I mean, I think the, I saw Babylon at the cinema recently and they opened the technically the opening scene to that is about 45 minutes long. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's like it's nuts. So, I mean, I mean, that's maybe pushing it a little bit. But, yeah, yeah I yeah, think you yeah. can be as short as long as you want, really. Um, yeah,
2: because yeah, I also think that, I mean, I don't know whether you guys, I haven't seen your top tens, obviously. There are some movies that their, their openings are what part of their movie, if, you, if that makes sense. Like Bond always has a great opening section of a movie and it's normally section. nothing to do with the main story it's part of an old uh mission or it's just something you're going to see the the climax thing of a, a particular mission that bond is on so ross what what do you class as a good opening scene
3: i have mixed views on it i think they are i'm I'm not an action fan so films that are full of action they don't really do it for me so but but i appreciate them um you know some of the bond yeah. films i do appreciate yeah. the openings to those but but i like ones that are a little, little subtle um a little bit clever so ones where they are repeated later on in the film for example i quite like where there's a throwback and you're you're, right. you're looking at the, path from the start so that that's what i i like in an opening mm. okay yeah, cool uh, yeah, let's
2: let's crack on because I'm fascinated to see what everybody else has got. And so I want to see how many duplicates we get on this one because it's gonna be interesting. Absolutely. So, yes. Rick, fire away with your number ten.
1: Okay, so um I've gone quite popular with my number ten, but um I've gone for Avengers Infinity War for number ten. Okay. Because I just I just think that the culmination of ten years of movies building up to this this purple bloke that we're going to see for like 10 years and it's hinted and hinted and hinted and it could have easily have gone so wrong. And there was so much weight of expectation on it. And all of a sudden, not only is it so good and they they pitch it so well. And I love the fact that it's just, it it cuts in and it doesn't even show how he subdues Thor and how he kills half the crew. He's just, he's already done it. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's no sweat. And it, and it just, it just absolutely nails the tone for those, those two movies, I think. And they tie up the, the, um, the Marvel franchise or at least phase however many phases it is for that just so so really really well it's really well done um, and so many deaths it's like Heimdall's dies Luke Loki dies like you know Thor's basically dead pretty much but flowing through space and I just think it just absolutely nails the start of of that end of the, like the end of that sort of sequence of movies basically I think it's just, it's such an important opening scene and it gets it
2: absolutely bang on I think mm yeah that's that is a good one i mean again ross you're not an action fan so i'm assuming you don't watch a lot of marvel movies no sadly <laughs> this is going to be like the uh the, the 90s song one <laughs>
1: <laughs> i've got some more grown-up ones later on so that's fine <laughs> Ross. <go Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but I, I do agree with you the one thing about that is that although marvel is criticized a little bit for like killing people off but they're never really dead yeah um but you thought, oh my God! Like I said, Hemdale, whatever his name, Hem Hemdale. Oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I think it's Heim- 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 uh yeah, yeah, yeah. dies, and again, I must say, stressed. There may be spoilers. We might be talking about like spoilers in these, in these, in these moments. Um, yeah. yeah, and then Loki dies, and you think, okay, all right, well, the two people are gone. Anybody yeah. could die, really. Well, that's just it. It
1: actually, for a superhero franchise where everybody's safe and everybody survives, all of a sudden it's like, oh no, no, that this it's not going to go like this in this end bit. There is going to be deaths, and and obviously spoilers. The um, uh, Vision dies in it, and yeah. he doesn't come back. Well, um, maybe it comes back in the series, but it comes back with a little, with a little sort of asterisk next to his head. But, but, um, and then there's the fight with the Hulk where he just totally brushes him to one side. And you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> right. Yeah. So there really is. The stakes are pretty high here. So I just think it's great, and I'm a bit of a Marvel head on those those first phase of movies. Anyway, I am
2: absolutely completely agree. That's a great one to kick us off with. Uh, go on then, Ross. Your number ten.
3: Um, my number ten is Scream, um, which is. Probably really lame. (laughs) No, the the original (laughs) scream, yeah. The original scream, yeah. I just like the way it was set out, Drew, cooking uh, popcorn and I think just the invasion into the home. I've always, um, horror films, for example, I always get more affected by them if I think this could actually happen. So if it's something like uh, Paranormal Activity, for example, where you have the CCTV in the corner of the Mm. bedroom, that Mm. was worse than some person being... Um, possessed in some different kind of setting because it's something that you could be sleeping and having a camera running, and I'd be scared to look at what was on there afterwards. So, scream with a back door and a front door and a killer that I think it just grabbed me. So, uh, and it's got, it's got some classic lines, you know, the conversation with Sydney on the phone. Mm, yeah, I, I, great, you couldn't really, I
1: really hear like, it, but you couldn't like
3: really
2: hear
0: it. That, that was the first
2: one. Sorry, Rick, go on. Sorry, no, go on, go on. No, I was saying that was the first little drop that I played that you couldn't really hear. Um <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very loud. What's your favorite scary movie? You can oh, start yeah. that right there. there you go.
1: That yeah, was the first great. one. Ah, oh, there
2: you are. Gone Rick you were saying?
1: I was just saying that I love the little switch and bait where uh, is it drew Barrymore and you think yeah. oh she's the star and then she just gets killed straight away and again <laughs> it sets the stakes and yeah. you're oh okay right. <laughs>
2: Because it was someone that you recognised, yes. <laughs> you thought, "Oh, she's the star of the show." Oh, Jesus Christ, she's just been butchered! Oh no, yeah, yeah it absolutely. completely throws you off. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. going to see that at the cinema and constantly, all the way through the movie, going, "That's the killer! That's the killer!" Oh no, I that yeah. one! No, they've just been killed. That's the killer. <laughs> and trying double guessing it all the way through, and then not getting it at the end. It's a, it's a great film yeah absolutely, absolutely great film uh okay my number 10 uh is something very similar to scream it's la la land <laughs> so it's the opening in la la land i don't know if either of you guys have seen la la land at all no
3: i've never seen it no i, I passed me by no, no. It's, it is this is this is the guy with love act- uh, with uh, the notebook guy in it isn't it that's it. So that's, it.
2: that's exactly what it says on the poster from the notebook guy. <laughs> <laughs> it says on there. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like the the, the opening is <laughs> it's, it's the express actually it's the same expressway they used in Speed. You know when the, the, the bus jumps over oh,
0: it's you know. that part
2: of the LA freeway. And all the cars are stopped and everybody gets out and there's a big song and dance number and it's colourful. And it's just, it's, it's it's like old Hollywood. It is fantastic. It's a really good song. Can't remember what the song is. But it's, um, but it's really, and it really sets up the story. But it's just like, it's got some great choreography in it. Like I say, it's lovely and colourful. It's a beautiful, sunny LA day just like this gridlock on the freeway but everybody just gets up and starts dancing on the top of their cars it's fantastic it's a really good film as well i don't know whether you, if you like musicals or not but ryan gosling and emma stone are fantastic in it so yeah, i've heard
1: i've heard really really good things about it actually and it is one of those ones that i'm, I'm not a massive musical um sort of fan but i mean I, w- I will watch them, you know. I'll, I'll sit down and watch them, but I have heard that in particular is actually brilliant. So I yeah. really
2: I do need to uh, get myself in gear and see that. I, w- I would thoroughly recommend it. Um, right, Rich. That's uh, Rich. Oh, Rick. <laughs> Either. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Rich. Uh, Your number nine, please. Okay, so my
1: number nine is the Dark Knight.
2: That's my number nine.
1: Ah, see. There you go. I wonder if we're all going to have the same number ones, but I mean, I don't, I'm not sure this one's pretty particular, This one, isn't it? But, but um, yeah, I just, I just, um, I mean, if you've got it in there, you'll, you'll know. I just think it's brilliant. It's it, the, the one thing that I always think back on this one is just, it, it's, it's basically, it tells you the story of the Joker in this opening scene. Perfectly. He's yeah. like, he's, 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 he's part of the crew and he's, everyone's double crossing each other and they're talking about him and they're almost sort of, they're almost um, sort of, you know, telling the audience about this, this, the character of this person going, Oh, I heard, I heard he wears makeup, heard does this, heard does that. And they're all just killing each other off. And then at the end, it's like, who's supposed to be, you know, where's the driver of this bus? And he goes, oh, I don't know what bus. And he's inching out of the way and then he gets <laughs> run over and then he shoots the guy that comes off the bus and it's all just to get the money for himself. And it's, I just think it's so brilliantly done and it's filled with such dark humor yeah. that you're watching it going, Oh, this is really actually quite cold, but you kind of going, It's quite funny though
2: as well. Mm. Um, yeah, I just think it's brilliant. Beautifully pieced together as well. I mean, it's Christopher Nolan, isn't it? Yep. So it's, um, yeah, I think that what, what you said is the fact that it's a little trickle down, isn't it? Everybody sort of thinks that everyone else is going to, whoever this guy is, and they're mm. all getting picked off because they've all been told the person behind them has got to kill that person, and it sort of like keeps going until... Yeah. Until it's the Joker left at the end. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Ross. There's a,
1: there's a, sorry. There's a there's a note in the background that Nolan uses where
2: it's like, yes. all the way through, and you you just go, oh, and it's yeah. just, it's just so, well done. <laughs> so unsettling, so yeah. unsettling. Yeah. Um, Ross, are you a Batman fan? Was that too much? Is that too much, that too much um, action for you?
3: I have watched one Batman film. And I did start watching uh, the one about the Joker. Was it called Joker? Uh, I started to watch that, but I haven't finished Oh, dear. um, But it sounds great from what uh, (laughs) you've both said. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to watch it. It's actually, it's 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 sort of a, well, it's it's a
1: thriller, really, isn't it? It's it's very sort of, um, it's Chris Nolan, but it's very Michael Manny, I think, as well. It's it's kind of a thrillery sort of movie, but... Heath Ledger is just absolutely spectacular in it anyway. Um, yeah. It's worth it's worth watching, even if you're not a massive Batman fan, just for him. It's his
3: film.
2: Yeah, and I think it's about time now, Ross. It, I mean, it is 15 years old, for crying out loud. <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm, then, I'm Ross. in my 40s as well. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're number no, nine but... then, Ross. Come on. Yeah.
3: I've got full metal jacket. Okay. Um, and, well, it's a bit of a cheat, actually, because the opening scene is guys getting haircuts. But actually, it's the bit just after the haircuts where the um, corporal is walking through in a single shot. He's just bark- bark- barking out his orders, um, and, and yeah, it's just really well done. I think. Uh, I think um, the fact about that as well is the guy who was brought in to do the barking the orders, the drill sergeant. He was meant to. He was come He came in to actually train the actors originally, but did a better job so he was then cast as the actual drill sergeant
2: no. yeah I'll, I'll so I learned out. I gotta got look and see his name because he isn't he it Ron, in... it's
1: something like Ron L D- 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 D, something,
2: it's like some, that. something like that because he was yes, also he was... in uh, Seven as well
1: yeah yeah he was yeah he was like the, the... and also he was in the Frighteners he was, basically the same role <laughs> that's right
2: Arlie Emery was his name <laughs> it's a great Ernie. show Ernie <laughs> Ernie Emery <Ernie. laughs> Ermory, Arlie All oh, right, Names, names. Um, okay, good one, Ross. Uh, my number nine was The Dark Knight. So we uh, back to you, Rick. Number okay, eight. my
1: number eight is um, Casino Royale. Okay. I just, uh, we talked about Bond openings anyway, and very, very nearly, well, I sort of came in and out my list was, um, what's the what's the one where uh, Roger Moray jumps out with the parachute with the Union Jack on it? Is that...
2: Uh, I think that's so a spy who me. Love me.
1: Yeah. Think, yeah, so that came in and out and in and out as well. But I just thought, you know what, Casino Royale. I, I saw it recently, and I just think it's. I love the film, and I think again, it's it's in black and white, and it's how he gets his double O status, and it's it shows that it, it it sort of has to show a new type of Bond as well because we're rebooting. So this whole violent, clinical, very cold Bond. It gets quite serious. A lot of people criticised it being too serious and you know, less humour than the other Bond movies, but. But I just think it's so confident with what it's doing. And I love the black and white thing. And it's just that pre sort of, you know, the precursor to him becoming 007. I just think it's a really grown up, bawny sort of Bond, which I think is just a great opening.
2: Mm. A lot more gritty and mm. real world, I suppose you could call it. But yeah, I, yeah. And then it, then it followed on with the, um, like the parkour chase scene, didn't it as well after yeah. that, which was just, like mesmerising watching it on the big screen some of the moves that that other guy did was just how do they do that it's crazy like sliding through small holes and it was unreal yeah absolutely. and then you've
1: got Bond chasing him and he just runs through a wall <laughs> yes yeah he's like <laughs> well, none I of
2: that I'm having none of that he a gun at him because <laughs> he's run <laughs> out of bullets he just tries to just chuck at him uh,
3: Ross yeah I really like I say no well this is the uh, 20 uh, the 2006 film yes, something, yes. Right? Yeah, something like that. yeah yeah yeah, yeah um yeah that's that's my favorite Bond film I haven't seen a great deal of them I've seen about eight or nine I think mm. um but that I really liked I really did enjoy that but mm. I can't remember the opening scene I can just uh I know th- I remember the film but not the opening scene
1: oh I'd, I'd go back and watch it it's really it's really good really good it I think I've seen the film about three it. times.
3: But,
2: mm. yeah yeah well, any of our yeah, any of right, our Patreon on. top heads, just remember there'll be the video playlist. I'll put all of the opening as long as they're on YouTube. Obviously, I'll put all of the I'll put all of the opening scenes on there on the video playlist for this episode. Um, okay, Ross, you're number eight, then
3: please. Well, it's my favorite film, so I had to kind of include it. It's not the best opening for scene, to be fair, but it's Schindler's List, and it has some uh, a Hebrew family doing a prayer with a candle lit. As I mentioned in the facts, it's the only the one of three occasions when there's colour in the film, yeah. and even the last scene in the film is in colour, yeah. but it's it's actually it cuts to non-actors, real people who are the survivors That's right. who are um, That's right. putting stones down on the grave. So, so I don't really count that as part of the film in a way. It's almost like a. A bit after, so um, so this is this is really the only scene that's in colour in the film, and um, I bet it's still very dark and gloomy, with a candle light pretty much being the colour. And then it cuts to um, the train station where the it, it, and now it's in black and white onwards, and it's in Krakow, and the um, families are now being moved into the cities from the countryside. So it's it's the big kind of purging into into mm. the cities. So I think it just sets the um when you watch the film and you kind of then watch it from the start again you see how how powerful that scene is at the at the start I think yeah that's sort of the tone for you
2: going masterpiece of a movie isn't it it's very it's very hard to say that it's a film that you enjoy watching because I don't think you know, I think everybody should watch that movie but it's not a movie that I think you enjoy watch movie watching is does that make sense
3: yeah it makes sense yeah, I, I watch it annually. It's like my little, my little Treat. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I watch all of the This Is England franchise annually, and and Jean-Laziz annually. So right, um, but I just just like a, keep, keep up the, the good name. Is it yeah.
1: Ray Fiennes that's in that as the as the German officer? Yeah, he's he's really chilling in that. It's yeah when he's shooting people. He's amazing. So. Yeah, mm.
3: I've, said, oh,
2: I've, said it, I've said it before on Plays. yeah, I've said it before on the on another episode that me and my oh, brother. Me and my brother went and saw that and Philadelphia on the same day. Oh, the, God. the Tom Hanks AIDS movie we went and saw—that as a double header. It was what a what a barrel of laughs we had that day. I will tell you, it was like
1: that. Rem- that
2: reminds me of—is
1: um, it the Naked Gun where Frank Drebin's walking out of the cinema and they're laughing and joking, and it pans up and it's the platoon. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me. Okay, uh, my number eight. Um, it's a Tarantino movie. Inglorious Bastards is mine ah that's my number six that's your number six rick yeah Yeah. i think i don't well i think pretty much every that's what sorry ross
3: no carry
2: on that's right oh i thought you had it as one of your numbers was it no yeah it it is but no okay are we not going to talk about it
3: (laughs) no we won't talk about it okay that's fair (laughs) enough right
2: okay um I think you could pick any Tarantino movie because pretty much all of his movies have great starts to the, you know, Reservoir Dogs has the, the restaurant scene. Uh, um, the one, what was it? Um, Kill Bill, the first the first volume of Kill Bill. Just the black and white scene where the bride gets shot in the head and then even the scene after that where the bride is going off and seeing, I can't remember, what, is that Vivica A. Fox and they have the fight in the house with the little daughter and it's crazy stuff. But this one, I think is. Just the acting in it and um, Christoph Voltz's Hans Lander, just the way that it builds and the way that the the poor French um, farmer starts off being so clever. He thinks he's being so clever and he, he knows what he's doing and the way that Hans Lander just breaks him down and breaks him down and just by doing simple things because that's what he's good at. He's good at hunting out Jews yeah. and knows that there are ones there. It's just a masterclass of acting and writing and directing and just building of the tension of that, just the opening scene of the movie, and you think, well, I've got no idea what's going to come now. This just...
3: Yeah, that that scene is 19 minutes,
2: 15 seconds long. Thank you very much for that, Ross. Oh, wow, it's, I mean, that's... That's, that's an
1: epic... I think that's great. I mean, I've never, I've never seen a glass of milk and a pipe used with so much, <laughs> you know, menace. So, my indeed, life.
2: indeed. <laughs>
3: but that's the way. It's the, it's the delivery of the, the speech. The 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 tone is really calm and everything, but sinister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just pouring out the milk as well. Just the way it kind of licks the side of the glass and everything else is is so nice. Yeah. Nicely shot. Yeah. And the yeah, fact that Emma. he's so, he's so
2: clever he's so clever that he he he's just saying i'll <laughs> I'll talk to you in English can we talk can we talk in english so that the people underneath the floor that's, right. that's right have no idea what's going on yeah you know, but even the,
1: even the way he switches into English he goes from was he talking to him in French and he's like, you know Pollylade is like we oui, and he goes well as you're aware you know it just starts going straight into English like it's the it's... switch that you've just got no scruples whatsoever.
2: So clever. So clever. Okay, so all three of well, I, th- <laughs> I think all three of us might have that one. Um <laughs> on number seven then, please.
1: So my number seven is train spotting. Oh which I think is just I, I almost forgot about this one and um I was looking, I was doing a bit of research, slash, you know, looking through the opening scenes to try and see if I'd missed anything. And I was like, oh, my God, i completely forgot about this. And it's just, was it 96 it came yeah, out? I think it Something was, like yeah.
2: yeah.
1: And it was just Danny Boyle's first, you know, it, it just burst on the scene as this movie that just did not give a shit who it offended. And, and Iggy Pops, you know, lust for life, running through the streets, just everything yeah. about it is so – it's kind of a game changer. When you think the English movies at that point were very Four Weddings and Funeral, and yeah. all of a sudden this, this British movie comes along and just blows everything out of the water. And obviously Hugh um, McGregor, you know, he's off the back of that. He just went on to become a superstar. I just love it. I just think it's, 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 as much, it's, it's as much as with the music as it is with the visuals. And, and then obviously it's the choose life. Choose a, choose a TV, you know, choose a, choose a sofa. And you're like, mm. it's just so well done and it sets the movie up so well. I just love it to bits, things
2: pray. Yeah, iconic. We hate to iconic. use the I word yeah. on here, but that is iconic. You know, we're not allowed to use that word, though, we? are not we? allowed to use that <laughs> word, I know. But it is, as soon as you hear the That's drum bit, you hear the drum bit from um, Lust for Life... Yeah, I don't think of the song. I th- I think straight away I can all I can see is you and McGregor running down the street. That's all yep. I can see when I hear that. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. yeah,
3: Ross, thoughts? Yeah, but I also had it as my number seven. Um, oh right, exactly hey. the same reasons. Yeah, I I um, I remember when I was in uh, I was doing English literature and um, at GCSE yeah. and we were we had to kind of do like a a little synopsis and a poster of a, of a film that was out and it was in 96 and um I remember our teach I mean uh 96 I think I was 15 turning 16 in in December no it'd have been 16 I think and um transporting is an 18 isn't it yeah and I remember like he- people in our class had seen it I hadn't because it was an 18 and my mum was quite strict about what we watched but our teacher was kind of encouraging everyone to watch it and I was thinking this is you know, illegal, what are you doing? I did my film poster I did was Jack with Robin Williams, where he plays a guy who grows at four times the speed of an orchestra So I was like the geeky end of the class. If that makes makes sense. And I think that's probably come through through this uh, through this podcast as well. <laughs> um but yeah, as soon as I got to watch spotting it was it just yeah, it's phenomenal. And I that opening scene, so high energy, it's uh, it's perfect. I think it's great. Yeah. Go Very ahead. good very good okay uh, my number
2: seven is watchman from 2009 um again w- one thing that um zach's uh, snyder is really good at is things like little montages especially to music and the start of that where it's it's basically the history of the watchman and this alternative universe um uh, and what's the song um it's the bob dylan oh, the song they're a- changing times they are changing a- <laughs> And it's just fascinating. You see what what this universe that they're in. It's still Earth, but it's it's a different political uh, <laughs> landscape with these superheroes that look after people. I, I would, I would say, look on the video playlist at this if you haven't seen it. And what I love Watchmen as a movie. I think it is just such a good film. It might be a little bit bloated in places. It maybe might not need to be as long as it is, which is one of the things that Zack Snyder tends to get wrong a little bit. But as visually, and the fact that it is just unapologetically violent in places as well, and uh, going in not just that bit, but the whole bit with the comedian at the start, and, you know, tonight a comedian died. Mm. Thoroughly recommend it if you haven't seen the movie, without a
3: doubt. Is this another DC DC Comics one? What was that, Ross? Is it a DC Comics Um.
2: No, I don't think it is. Is it? I don't think Watchmen is a. Di- I think it was. It was a graphic novel.
1: Alan Moore. Yeah. Alan Moore. That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah, it's Alan Moore. Yeah. But
1: it's, it almost made it into my list as well. I think it's. I think it's a really good movie. Like you say, I think Zack Snyder is guilty of, bloating movies a little bit. But I actually think it sort of suits the Watchmen. Do you know what I mean? Because the like the graphic novel there's so much he's actually not put in there. Um, it's uh, I think it's really good and the characters are great and I just love that scene where um rorschach's in the prison and they're all like, Yeah, you're in here with us. He's like, No, you're in here with me.
2: Right. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, and he's an absolute psycho, isn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's so um, let me see, that was my number seven. Uh Rick, your number six was in Glorious Bastards. Yeah. So Ross, <laughs> your number six. Oh
3: sorry, that's right, you had *Inglorious*. Yeah, uh, my number six is we're, Pulp we're, Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, cuts cuts it out. Right. Pulp Fiction. Um, and this is one of the ones I referred to at the start where you have a scene that later on reappears in the in the film. Um, I think I was a bit late getting to see Pulp Fiction. Um, I think friends of mine were quoting it well before I got to watch it. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic film. The scene, I think, it just builds up slowly and, then, and unsuspecting and then sort of just bursts out with... You know, sweary, potty-mouthed outburst in the cafe, which is what not what diners want in America. But and then for it to be repeated later, and and not just from the point at which it ended, but a little bit back into the same scene. It was it was cleverly done.
2: Yeah, it was like the uh, is it Rashomon? Is it where it's like the same scene but from a different (laughs) point of view? Wasn't it? Because there, you got John Travolta and um... that's right. Uh Samuel L. Jackson sat in another room. Yeah, what was the name? It was Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer.
0: Because
2: they're it. being like they're, they're calling each other lo- lovely names, aren't they? And just chatting about shit. And then she she stands up. Like, Any of you motherfuckers, move? I'll shoot every motherfucking one of you. You think where the fuck did that come from? I do. You know what? I almost put. Have this you in seen?
1: But then I almost sort of, I sort of, I really liked the scene of um, John Travolta and Samuel Jackson in the car, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, great, great. And then I realised that's not the opening scene. And I went, oh, no. And I just couldn't, (laughs) I was like, I'm really agonised over putting it in, but I think it's a brilliant opening scene, yeah. It's a great movie.
3: Have you seen Tim Roth in Lie to Me, the TV series? No, I haven't, actually.
1: There's like,
3: I think there's three series of it, and he plays a guy called Cal Lightman, who is a independent... By a, an expert in micro expression and so he gets asked by the fbi to help with a lot of investigations and interviews and stuff where he can see like a twitch in the face that gives away something really clever um sort of psychoanalytic program that out. Um, yeah really good okay
2: we'll add that to the list ross shall we where, where can you see that is that is that
3: streaming somewhere Well, I had illegal Russian downloads. Um, Of course you did. Well, that's perfect. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, we bought them in Russia. Uh, So they're, you know, they were illegal in Russia, but not probably in the UK or Europe. Okay.
2: Do you want me to cut that out of the podcast or are you all right leaving that
3: in? (laughs) Uh, No, we're good for that, it's good, it's good.
2: That's fair enough, okay. Uh, My number six is, I think it is about the first 15 minutes of the movie and there's not a single word spoken. Uh, There is just music and, I wouldn't say it's action, uh, but There Will Be Blood from 2007. Um, It's uh, Daniel Day-Lewis playing Daniel Plainview and he's basically just... um, digging a big hole and trying to get I think he's getting whether it's gold or oil or something out of the out of the hole I've never ever understood exactly what it was he was after and he breaks his leg and it's just basically him doing the job that he has to do to get himself money and then he be, goes into oil and the hole there will be blood stuff it's just I don't quite understand why I love the start of this I think it's because there is no talking in it it's all yeah. just this I think it's Trent Reznor that does the music and it's just—I don't know—I think it's mesmerizing just watching it, and just watching Daniel Day Lewis just doing stuff. I don't—I think that's just the because of what a great actor he is. He's just watchable, like crouched down in the in the wind, drinking a cup of coffee. You know, I think you just can't stop watching him.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. He's, he's a little bit like Francis McDormand, where they can do something physical and you just watch it, and you're like, "Yeah, oh, that's brilliant, you know,
3: he's, I think it's phenomenal, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. This
3: sounds a little bit like Breaking Bad or Better Call kind of acting.
2: It's poss- yeah. It, you know it,
3: how, uh, like, like they zoom in on a cup of coffee being poured into a, into a cup, and emptying a sachet of something into something. It's, it's so close, but really nicely done.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I can remember watching it the first time, the the, the whole movie and i thought to myself i don't quite understand what's going on because like nobody says anything like there's no line of dialogue for the first probably 15 minutes and you sort of think this is weird and then but then like when i watched it the second time i tend i would just watch that opening 15 minutes and not worry about the rest of the movie because there's just something about that movie because it goes from him getting this whatever it is that he's I don't know whether it is he's looking for oil I suppose and he's something in the rocks you would know Ross because you're a a metal detecting expert (laughs) you would know what he was if you've ever seen it you would know what it is he's after um and it goes right from that to the point of him like digging his first well and getting oil and then there's one of his workers sons and his worker dies and he looks after and then he looks after his son and they're on a train and that's when the first little line of dialogue is so it goes You know, goes through quite a lot of his story, but I don't know. Daniel Day-Lewis, one day we will do, like, our top ten actors, and I think Daniel Day-Lewis would be in there for me because he's just so watchable, whatever he does. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. But uh, have you seen the movie, Ross? Have you seen There Will Be Be Blood? No. I feel like it would be right up your alley. That would be just... I've
3: got it. I've just uh, Wikipedia'd it, and it looks... I mean, the there's post.
2: like there's no action in it whatsoever. It would be perfect. For you. <laughs> I know. That, that, sounds, that sounds good.
3: Um, I was just thinking. I've watched that after.
2: Thoroughly recommend it. Uh, go on then, Rick. Your number five, then please.
1: So my number five is Star Wars Episode Four. Um, so I mean, it's you it can't really get a more game-changing opening I think to a movie it's um well I I love the crawl as well like you know all of the you know episode four and it's just I just think it's you read the crawl and it's just, it's, it's such an odd thing to do when you actually sort of stand back and think about it. You just think, okay, so you're just going to write some stuff on the screen and tell me what's happening. And then we're in the movie, but it's so, it's so, and I hate to use the word iconic, but I think it is. Um, and then this little ship flies through and you think, oh, that's quite cool. And then this massive one just comes along the top and just keeps going and going and going and you're going, Jesus. It's, I just think it's great. And also, I mean, obviously that opening is, it then goes onto the ship and it's so economical. Like, you get the bad guy, Darth Vader, comes on. You get the MacGuffin, which is the plan. You meet the droids. You meet Princess Leia. And the story is just in motion. Yeah. So it's just very it, – it, it's so good at just setting up the story and just, just telling you where it's going to go. And you just, you're just in it immediately. I just think it's such a good opening. I think it's great. Mm.
2: That opening crawl was borrowed from, like, the TV series of Flash Gordon – that's where right, George Luke, right. George Lucas got that from because if you watch the old um Buster Crab 1930s 1940s TV show that's exactly how every episode started with like an opening yeah. crawl like
3: the serials um, like yeah like the old play. yeah
2: the old serials <laughs> right
3: I think they did it on On The Buses as well.
2: They did. (laughs) They did do it on the buses. Not quite with the same panache, I must admit. But uh,
1: but they did. Or the same budget. No, the same budget.
2: (laughs) But you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember as a, whatever it was, an eight-year-old kid in some flea pit cinema in Burnham-on-Sea is where Mm -hmm. I watched it for the very first time. And that cinema's still there, bless them. I can remember sitting there and watching that small little ship fly over and and it did it felt like an eternity that that imperial ship coming after it is just goes on and on and on and you think my god they've got no chance they've got that's that's why i loved rogue one so much with the way that it rolled into episode four the end of that movie rolled into episode four so well yeah, um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised this isn't on your list. Um, I mean, it might be, <laughs> but then again, it might it might not be. Who knows?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who um, knows?
2: Yeah. Um, go on, then, Ross. You're number five.
3: Yeah, there's no point in asking me if I've
2: seen it. Um, <laughs> no, well, no, I don't know. You, I mean, <laughs> just, again, just it's a much attraction. Funnily,
3: funnily enough. That is the only scene of Star Wars I have seen.
2: Jesus um, Christ, oh, hang on a minute, the I only thought... st- scene of Star
3: Wars that you've seen,
2: <laughs> have you never seen well, a Star anyway, Wars what the, film?
3: Uh, what was the fourth one that came out in around early 2000? Episode 1? Oh, early yeah, 2000. So it been
2: episode, episode 1 was 1999. Oh, wow. it, was, it wasn't
3: Darth Vader, it was the next one. Yeah, right. and so episode um, 1, yeah. It wasn't nineteen 99, it was, it was one off that. And um So you, yeah, so you I, started I with episode said, two,
2: said, did you? That's that's such a Ross thing to do. You started <laughs> with episode two.
1: <laughs> yes. Attack of
3: the Clones. Let's go, crappy I, one. <laughs> I, I went with a friend who wanted to see it. I had no idea what was going on. Of
2: course
1: you but didn't. Did it was episode
3: two for crying out loud. <laughs> I did. I did buy them all on the on VHS when I was at when I was back at home with my mum and that. And um yeah, I started to watch it on on video, and I just thought, oh no i'm not really into this that was that first that was uh this, how, was how, this uh... Have, how have
2: we known each other for so long i'd have kicked you to the curb by now unbelievable uh...
1: many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care
3: unbelievable right um <clears throat> apologies well my number five is 2001 a space odyssey oh, yeah. Okay. um i i remember first time i watched this and and it was a long time ago but even then i saw that i thought this is really badly acted because obviously it's just men in monkey suits and they were <laughs> sort of falling apart at the seams and stuff but the the music is you know just great it's uh it, it, it's it's a it's a soundtrack, of course, in its in its own right. Like That's that song, and um, I think it's it's so clever because it's it sort of obviously the monolith is there, they touch that, and there's different interpretations of what touching the monolith means. And but I know that uh, Kubrick eventually did reveal the ending, the meaning of the ending of the film, and it was what i thought it was which is as you touch it you basically evolve you, you the evolution jumps forward one further step and um and so to see the the apes touch it and be able to use tools and fight off the rival apes um it sort of showed the intelligence that they gained by by touching it so yeah it just went on for ages it was a long scene but it was it was great I, I, it had like real animals in there as well didn't it, it had the did they? I think the long-nosed creature there was like a can't remember what animal it is, ocelot or something no can't remember there was some like kind of cattle type of animal um that kind of walked in and um and there were pumas and or lions or something like that in it as well so yeah it's a it's just a, a very long but great scene i think yeah.
1: And must also the the throwing of the bone up isn't there is that is that the match cut scene that's is mm. everyone
3: hails that as like the greatest match cut ever you know <clears throat> and, and, and of course that spins up and that becomes the next yeah. part of the evolutionary uh, yeah. theme yeah I must mm. admit I've yeah, never made it way
2: through two thousand and one I have to admit mm. yeah
3: similar to me in Star Wars it is four.
2: it is similar <laughs> to you in Star Wars yeah, yeah. although. I wouldn't have started like minute 75 of 2001. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. Or I wouldn't have watched 2010 and then gone back and watched 2001. <laughs> like you did with like episode yeah. two. Let's, let's, start, <laughs> let's start the Star Wars franchise with what I think is the worst <laughs> Star Wars film that there's been. I can't yeah. believe you did that. Absolutely. You're never never going to live mm. that down. Okay. My number five. Um, all right, now I've, I've got to fess up on this one. I've never actually seen this movie in total. But I think the the start of it is one of the greatest ones. It's the fifth best start of a movie ever. And it's Lord of War. Um, oh,
1: that's so nearly made onto my list. So with daily. Nick Cage.
2: So I've got yeah. no idea if it's a great film. It is. It is a brilliant film. Is it a really good film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, yeah. The, and, and I'm looking from your face, Ross, that you have no idea what this movie is. <laughs> it's a Nick Cage movie, and basically the start is, down, is the journey <laughs> of a bullet. So it's, the, it's, the, it's from the making of a bullet, the striking of the bullet, and it's basically the bullet's point of view from the moment that it is made to the moment that it is fired from a gun straight through... This young person's head, and it is fascinating. It is absolutely, and I can remember. I think I must have seen it on Sky or or somewhere where the movie was on. And I think I was I was either going out or there was something that was happening. And I thought, and I watched, and I thought I've got to watch the rest of this movie. And I never got round right to watching it. It's from 2000 and 2005 so it's what however many years ago that is, eighteen years ago. <laughs> And I love Nick Cage. I think he's a great actor. And I don't know why I've never actually gone on and watched the movie, but as a start, I mean, what a great, I mean, this is 2005 special effects, but the, the, the technology and the special effects of how they show you where the, the bullet has gone, how it's made being put into a box full of other bullets and thrown around and put into the chamber of a gun. Absolutely fantastic. So again, on the video playlist, watch it. But mm. so, so Rick, what, i mean in in the the pantheon of of nick cage movies where would you put it
1: i'd actually put it really highly honestly Oh, right okay it's really really good it's um what would i what would i i guess it's just it's really watchable but it's also great performances it's it's also got um oh who's the lad that was in morbius that played morbius
2: uh, Jared Leto.
1: Jared Leto. So Jared Leto oh, plays really? his young brother in it, and um, and it's just about them. I think they're Ukrainian immigrants, and he just decides one day to just become. He's like, you know, I, I, I'm going to become an arms dealer. That's what I'm going to do. And it's just his his journey of being arms dealer. So you're sort of rooting for him, but you're not rooting for him at the same time because he's a bit morally, you know, corrupt. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really good movie. It's a really intelligent movie, and just like you say, the opening scene. I mean, I I've, I've, I work um in advertising as a copywriter. And whenever I was trying to sell ideas and I was just like, just watch this, just watch this, what they're doing here. It's just amazing. I, I still go back to it now. It's a fantastic opening scene.
2: Yeah. 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 Thoroughly recommend anybody watching that one. Okay. Uh, Rick, your number four then, please.
1: Okay. So my number four is going back to Marvel. It's guardians of the galaxy. The right. um, and I just, I had to put this in there because there's certain movies that I saw at the cinema and I had no idea what to expect from this. And I went in there going, okay, so it's about a tree. It's about a raccoon. Like, like a, I have no idea what the hell. And then this opening scene comes along and it's really serious. And all of a sudden, he plugs his earphones in, starts, like plays the music. It's an amazing uh, um, song, which is uh, Redbone, isn't it? Come and get That's you. right. Up. Yeah, yeah. And I um, just start dancing around. And then the big titles come on as he's dancing like that. And I just went, I am absolutely well into this. This yeah. is brilliant. <laughs> and just messing around and skidding around, i just... I've never come out. There's only a couple of times I've come out to the cinema, and I've gone. That was that was actually brilliant, and i was, I just thought that was amazing. And again, Chris Pratt sort of his his first real. I mean, he was in um, Parks and Recreation, wasn't he? And bits and bobs yeah. like that. I didn't Andy, but but that was his first sort of real big movie uh, sort of starring role. And he just I just thought he was brilliant. And yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. That's why it's in there. But I just think it's great.
2: It set the tone for the movie, didn't it? That absolutely. whole, I mean, apart from the fact that the very first scene where it's um, Star Lord as a little boy. Yes, yes, yeah. and that yeah. was to the to I'm not in yes, love. I've, thing, che- I've cheated it? a little bit, <laughs> but, but that that just that even if it was just that little bit, I mean, that was yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely heartbreaking. And then it goes from that to this, the absolute comic book on screen look yeah, and just it's just colorful and like you say that one split part of that where he i think he didn't he he slides across the screen That's and right. the guardians of the galaxy in big letters comes on i thought i was exactly the same as you i thought i'm in yeah i've got no idea what this movie is going to be about <laughs> yeah. but i'm absolutely in and I, I think guardians is my favorite sliver of the Marvel Cinematic yeah, I, Universe I, I'd
1: actually totally agree yeah and I think it's, yeah, it's just it's just unabashed fun and I think sometimes yeah. when you get to the just like Ross you are saying you know sometimes you know action movies you know maybe you're not into it but it's kind of a bit unfashionable just to have a fun movie and mm. I just think that was just so much mm. fun you know it's like I really like that it was, I was like a little kid again in the cinema it was great I yeah. completely, oh, agree.
2: completely agree completely um, agree Ross <laughs> <laughs> So so um, have you watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2? <laughs> or are you, you going to wait till number three comes out and then start with number one
3: and then do number two? I don't know which way you're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's probably how I do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, go on then, Ross, give us your number four. Uh, 28 Days Later. All oh, right. Okay, oh, good one. Great choice. Um, it's got more monkeys again, so... Uh... Apes in like those monkeys then yeah <laughs> obviously activists breaking into a uh, a testing facility rage breaking out and then waking up in hospital and then walking through london completely empty mm. um and it was really shot in london as well which is great it's mm. the, the, i've read about how they did it a long time ago i can't remember now but it was obviously very early hours of the morning yeah but to to have no vehicles or anything at all on the roads was a masterpiece um and i hope there's another film to come they they have talked about it but it's one of those on off kind of discussions so what was it so the 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 follow-up was 28 weeks later wasn't it yeah that's right so yeah. would the
2: next one? Would I mean? I'm not making a joke. Would the next one be 28 months later? Is that what they would well, do? Well, yeah. Or? yeah, I it think makes, so. Makes sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. That is a good one. though. I mean, the thing is, like these days, man, that would all be done by CG, wouldn't it? It would just all be everything would be taken away and done by CG. But to do it actually, I think there's a lot to be said for doing things physically and practically. I said this when we did the Kevin Costner top 10 and we were talking (laughs) about Waterworld. is that they don't make movies like that anymore Waterworld, the reason that it was 200 million or 150 million dollars way back when was because everything was practical pretty much they would they made big practical sets whereas now they would just do it all with cg and yeah some of it gets breakfast at
0: tiffany's yeah i
2: don't want
3: to i don't want to fake tiffany's no of course you
2: don't no one wants a fake (laughs) tiffany's i mean no one um okay my number four and uh, so it is a Star Wars film but it's not episode 4 it's actually Return of the Jedi I'm going for the opening 15-20 minutes of that so basically everything up to the moment that Jabba's sail barge gets explodes and and the heroes get away so it's saving Han Solo uh, killing Jabba seeing Princess Leia in a bikini I mean that to me should
3: have made it number one really to see her in a bikini but there you go <laughs> does um does that film also have uh rolling credits like on the buses or it's certain
2: every single star wars film as in every single episodic star wars film has yeah. the opening crawl ross yeah all nine of them
0: oh <laughs> nine yeah nine
2: nine yes <laughs> yeah um the the standalone movies and that didn't bother having a, a crawl but the all, all nine uh episodic skywalker saga <laughs> movies yeah so that's that's my i think it's just i can remember again what's it 1983 so we're in 14 yeah and i can remember the moment when like their little sail barge or their little skiff uh flies off of off of camera with and they've just got away from from killing Jabba. And i I just remember sitting in the cinema thinking what an opening to a movie that was it was probably 15 20 minutes in but but what a great start just action and oh, but i'm a no, star great. Wars head so
1: no it's great i, I totally I, I actually love return of the jedi i love I it did. I, I and, and it's kind of for me it's right up there with the other two because everyone's a bit like oh it's the poor it's like it's good but it's not as good i'm like i think it's really good like mm. you know and I, I completely agree the opening scene where um you know Luke comes on as a as a fully fledged Jedi, you know, and you think, Oh, okay, here we go. Um and Han Solo being blind for most of it is just hilarious. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Instead of a big dark blur, I can see a big light blur. Yes, exactly. His, his eyes are getting <laughs> yeah. better. He's trying again. to shoot the tentacle and he's going, I thought you were blind. Like, <laughs> <yeah>, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. And again, Carrie Fisher in a in a oh, bikini. A bikini. What more do you want? Um <laughs> okay then, Rick, you're number three, please. Okay, so my number three is
1: Raiders of the Lost Ark.
2: That's my number three. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's I think I've heard you guys talk on the podcast before about perfect movies. It's the perfect movie, yeah, and it's got the perfect opening scene. well, I know it's number three, but it's um you know there's obviously we'll we'll get to the other two, but I think it's right up there with just how to how to launch a movie show that tell you everything about the hero that you need to know. How many, how many iconic? And I keep saying I can't. How many iconic things has it got in the opening? What fifteen minutes? It's got the ball that rolls after him. It's got the idle switch where he's trying to switch the sand out. Um, he gets on the plane as well when he's running away from the Native Americans, and he's like, There's a snake in there, which sets up his fear of snakes. Yeah, it's everything in there. It's it's funny. It's it's like it's perilous. Um, and he gets his whip out. Uses his whip. He gets double crossed. It's everything happens. And even just, you know, he meets the the nemesis of the whole movie in the first few minutes as well. It's just, I just think it's... And and actually, even when um, the Paramount logo's up and it fades away and there's that mountain in the background, it's just Spielberg being absolutely brilliant at what he does. And I just think it's brilliant.
2: That moment, it is that moment when it looks like he's going to get double-crossed by the guy when the guy clicks his gun and he uses the whip for the first time and then comes out of the shadows. I mean, if there's ever... say the i word again a more iconic (laughs) reveal of a hero coming out of the shot it's that it's that that is harrison ford that is indiana jones but like you say you find out everything about that character you find out that he is an expert you know when Mm. they're walking through don't go into the light just stay away from that light and obviously of course the guy forgets that when he's double crossed him and you know the horror of the guy with just spikes or through him and stuff yeah yeah um, which, which is a, a young alfred molina as a young well. alfred molina absolutely yeah, yeah. satipo i think or Sapito, yeah. it was his
1: name yeah yeah. but, um, but again I, I do love the fact that indy like you say he's an expert but also he's kind of an everyman and he gets and he's sort of muddling through as best he can as well and it's just those two things of he knows exactly
2: what he's doing but he also sometimes wings it <laughs> yeah. i love that and also he was a hero that could get hurt yeah that was the difference there was a lot of like like especially in the 80s when you had arnie and sylvester stallone that's you know bullets bounced off them he was somebody that you punched him in the face he'd have a split lip and he he wouldn't quite know where he was for a split second but but no i mean that's why it's my number three as well ross now you've got to tell me you've watched raiders are you uh, i nearly had uh, it on my list (laughs) oh did you you had it on your list
3: excellent oh no <laughs> yeah but but not because i'd watched it because um, i knew of it right that's fair <laughs> enough no i've got that for lord I of war I, I, I yeah i haven't watched the film but i had seen the opening scene right and and i know it is you know as soon as you said this is going to be an, uh, a podcast on opening scenes of movies this was one that struck immediately sprang to mind because yeah, it's, yeah. You know, I, I've I've seen the movie. Uh, seen, I think it's one of those films that I know I have had it on TV and just not paid attention fully, but seen bits of it. So there's a number of films like that. Not Star Wars, obviously, pin them off, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. good films. Um, yeah. They're they're often on TV. Bonds, loads of Bonds. You know, I've probably seen every a bit of every Bond, but don't know that I have. But this, I know, I have seen the opening. Yeah well at least you've seen the opening i mean
2: that's fair thanks enough.
3: That's yeah fair yeah enough. yeah I mean, that's fair enough
2: um,
1: no, ross, your, your list is actually still pretty good considering you've missed out certain, uh, certain <laughs> movies. <all laughs> right.
3: this is actually pretty good <laughs> it was like the music one it's very niche i kind of just go off on these
2: <laughs> weird tangents of, very niche um so what is your number three then ross uh
3: no my number three is gravity right okay um quite a recent film but um I just I mean I love space stuff anyway. Uh not Star Wars. From Star Wars, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, real space. You know, real stuff. How dare happen. you? Star
2: Wars is a documentary <laughs> I'll have you at. I...
3: <laughs> but I, I you know, working on an international space on, on the International Space Center and the just tranquility of the silence that they're working in, the conversation between them is just you know, inter, interrupted by just the sound of their breaths coming yeah. through as they're walking. And they're screwing, unscrewing things with this uh, screwdriver thing that is almost silent because it's, there's no sound carrying. And there's like a screw that flies off, and he reaches out to grab it. And it sort of shows you how perilous, I suppose it is, the, the fact that you could just spin out of control so easily. And then when they hear over the intercom that a Russian satellite's been uh, exploded by the Russians themselves and there's debris coming their way, but it's okay, it should, should be okay. And then suddenly it's not okay and the International Space Centre is spinning around as she's attached to this arm. There's so much energy and it's, it's brilliant. I think it's a perfect, I've said perfect about loads of scenes. Uh, it's a very good scene. And and then she spins off into the darkness and just that dread of endlessness Mm. that she's heading into
2: Mm. yeah i remember going to the cinema to see that and it i can remember i think it's a black screen and then it just (coughs) the earth just pops onto the screen and it looks absolutely massive but it looks beautiful and i can remember that it took my breath away. i loved gravity the first time i saw it i mean i I like it but i was just mesmerized the first time because i think i think we saw it in 3d I wasn't really a massive fan of 3D movies, but it seemed to work in that context for that movie.
1: Yeah, fantastic movie, th- I believe. Yeah, mm. yeah I really, liked, really enjoyed it. And um, I just always think of the ending where she washes up on the beach, you know, and it's such a contrast from the start. It's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's terrifying the start. Yeah.
3: yeah, where you're out looking down on the earth and you, and you realise how insignificant every person on earth is at yeah. that point, yeah. and then you're on the beach and suddenly... You are of you're of significance because you're yeah. one individual in a smaller scene yeah. suddenly um, did you see long ago there was a program there was like a, a a reality TV program hosted by Johnny Vaughan where these people were fooled into thinking that they'd flown over to Russia to become, to do cosmonaut training and then actually gone up into space and the, the, it was filmed on channel it was shown on channel four. And audience, you know, people would watch it on TV knowing that they were not actually in space, but they were in zero gravity. They were in simulators and stuff. And the people on it genuinely believed that they walked out onto this deck and overlooked Earth from space. And they hadn't. It was just screens that wrapped around the whole thing. It was a very clever simulator. And then at the end, they the, the doors just opened into this studio audience of their family and friends. And... He said to them that they were all like quite pissed off about it. I bet they were. <laughs> I'm <was> surprised. <laughs> but he said to them. But he said, even if you haven't actually seen Earth from above now, you thought at that moment that you had, and that feeling that you have that you had then. None of us completely
2: the- disappeared
3: because you're so pissed off with me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, that feeling we- was there. You had that feeling. You had the genuine yeah. belief that you were looking at Earth uh, from above, and we have never had that feeling. So you have got something that millions and millions and people, billions of people on the planet, have never had, even if it was fake.
0: Yeah, Man, I
2: can't say I've ever heard that. When? How no, long ago was that. that? It
3: was about probably 1999 something like that it was well maybe 2000 maybe just after big brother was on there oh, were wow, a I number of know. kind of there were a number of um kind of reality tv things that people they tried so there was one about um prisoners and wardens and where people signed up to be in it and they played one of two roles there was one called shattered where they had to stay awake for 10 days or something and they had like mind-numbing tasks Computer. Oh, I think I've seen I've seen that one—the one where they had to stay awake, yeah. And they had like a hundred thousand pound pot that was reducing Sorry. every time someone dropped off or something. And and this space one was one of those as well. It might have been two thousand and one, maybe, but it was it was really interesting to watch. Was it Space Cadets? Yes, there was a mold. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, there was a mold. Space in Cadets, it as well. the
2: Satellite Show. Oh, right. or maybe that's the maybe that's a different show that was that was going with space. Oh, there's Space Cadets there. A group of starry-eyed applicants are auditioned to undergo intense training in Russia before being flown 100 kilometres up into the space. Here, they, up into the space? Up into near space. They'll spend up to five days orbiting Earth. Or will they? Unbeknownst to them, they won't be in space at all. They won't even be in Russia. They'll actually be in a disused military base at a secret location somewhere <laughs> in the UK. Oh, <laughs> <my> Lord. <laughs> Poor bastards. Oh, it's 2005. 2005, 2005 I yeah a bit later than that, of course oh my god yeah. can you imagine it was they're, only all nine thinking, days. they're all thinking i can make a fortune on the book i can write a book about this yeah. and wow <laughs> well that's something i didn't yeah. know so gravity three. wonderful okay my number three was raiders of the lost ark <laughs> so rick we're back to you with your number two please so my number two is saving private ryan that's my number two <laughs> <laughs> that's that right, your number two as well ross yes
1: oh well then we've got a hat trick of twos (laughs) no i mean just just as you guys have probably put it down there it's it's just horrifying isn't it it's it's um it's just the, i think what it does really well is it doesn't glamorize the violence it basically it it makes it almost it's it's a really difficult watch because because you can see they're terrified yeah um, and and it is pretty much certain death and it's it's not only certain death it's very violent certain death and it's and it, it really hammers home just just how many people died on um, on d day on the omaha landings and and just how how you didn't really have a choice- you know you, you were just told right go on yeah. run out of the beach with all these machine guns firing directly at you and just see if you can make your way through see you later and that's yeah. it and it's it's just horrific mm-hmm. and Absolutely. It just roll of, it of the dice. Really- yeah yeah it's a roll of the dice, exactly, but it just deals with it in such um sort of a respectful way, I think, um whilst at the same time being completely you know there's people being trampled underneath the water. there's one guy carrying his arm around, I think at one point, and he's just like, right. oh, Jesus, it's just horrific mm. but it's brilliant, it's brilliantly done
2: anyway. I think it was very clever of Spielberg as well because the very first scene is what you, i'm um, what I'm assuming i what I thought anyway was Tom Hanks's character as an yeah. old man at the graveyard because it it goes into like a close up of his eyes then it morphs into a close up of Tom Hanks on the boat but actually it's not it's um what's his name Matt Damon's character isn't it as a, as a, as an old man but yeah you're absolutely right it's that fact that he's chatting to like his his mate and next minute his mate gets shot in the chest and the guy the one that always got me was the guy that was um a bullet ricochets off his helmet and he takes it off and they go, you lucky son of a bitch. And then, boof, it, it just oh. fucking gets shot in the head. And I thought, yeah. it's, it, it's that easy. It's, you know, it's just the fact that it just, uh, like, it's indiscriminate. Just people just yeah. getting, oh, as soon as they get off the boat. Well, they don't even get off the boat. Some of them, do they? Yeah. But it's it's a perfect thing of showing you this is what war is like. If, if anybody watched that, nobody yes. would want to go to war, would they? You, would, you wouldn't want to fight in anything. No
3: it's 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 even the you know like the zipping lines of bullets through the through the sea as yes. well yes yes where you can kind of hear, hear the ricochet of it but it's it's still it's muted it's muffled by the sea but you can just see the lines and then blood yeah. sort of emanating from wherever it hit yeah it's the closest i think, so, um, I think you've ever quite ever. in the west i'm i'm seeing that yeah is that have you seen that ross have you yeah i've seen it twice through um and I can see why that's raved about because similar, it's that similar kind of non glorification, but showing the, the very bloody violent, you know, obviously trenches instead of a uh, beach. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's similarly done, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously it isn't my number one, but it was very, I mean, originally when I wrote the list, that was the first one that I thought of when it came to movie openings. It was the very, very first one. Um, but it slightly got taken off the top by something else which we will soon find out um, but yeah we all had number two we all had number two together so that's good so before we reveal our number ones uh, Rick do you want to give us your countdown from ten to two? Ross will do the same and then I'll do the same okay
1: so my number ten was Avengers Infinity War my number nine was The Dark Knight my number eight was Casino Royale Uh, seven Train Spotting. Six, Inglorious Bastards. Five, Star Wars Episode Four. Four, Guardians of the Galaxy. Three, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And two was Saving Private
3: Ryan. Wonderful. Ross, your 10 to 2, please. They are Scream, then Full Metal Jacket in nine. Number eight was Schindler's List. Seven was Train Spotting. Six was Pulp Fiction. Five, 2001 A Space Odyssey. 4, 28 Days Later, 3 was Gravity, and 2 is Saving Private Ryan. Wonderful. And mine is number 10, La La
2: Land, 9, The Dark Knight, 8, Inglorious Bastards, 7, Watchmen, 6, There Will Be Blood, 5, Lord of War, 4, Return of the Jedi, 3, Raiders of the Lost Ark and two, Saving Private Ryan. I wonder, Rick, whether me and you will have the same top three. If it's possible, we could well do. So, Rick, what is your number one movie opening of all time? Uh, my number one movie opening of all time is Goodfellas. Oh. We haven't got the same then.
1: Okay.
2: Okay. Now this is the one shot, isn't it? Isn't this all a one shot? No, no, no. So this
1: is just the opening where it just opens on them in in the car. And it's just, um, it's Henry Hill. And it's, uh, so Ray Liotta, uh, Joe Pesci and Robin here. Yeah. And they're just in the car driving along, driving along. And they're hearing thumps. And they're all looking at each other going, what the hell? And obviously it's just, it's, it's what you were talking about, Ross, about, Nipping ahead in time to come back again, and it's just showing the characters, and you have a way of like Scorsese introducing like the different characters in in the gang because it's just obviously they stop the car, they open the boot, and it's um is it Joey Joey Bats in there? I think it's like or or some guy I can't remember what what the mobster's name is now, but he's obviously got him in the in the boot, and he's not quite dead. And then Joe Pesci just runs up and just absolutely stabs him to death, and you just go, yeah. "Jesus, okay, right?"
3: Not that big. It's massive. It's
1: like it's like a knife he, he took off his mum, I think, before they were um, they were at, like her dinner, like I go to, to her house for dinner, and um, and he just stabs him to death, and you just look at you just you look at Ray Liotta looking at Joe Pesci, just going. Right, and we're going, geez, all right, and we don't know what the hell's going on. We don't know what's happened, and it's just so violent and gory. The red tail lights of the car is just lighting everything up as well. Mm. And, um, and then uh, Rob De Niro just comes up and just shoots him dead. And then, yeah. then Joe <laughs> Pesci goes up and just goes to close the, the trunk, and then he says the line, as far back as I can ever remember, I just I just wanted to be a gangster. And then he shuts things, that's it, and that's the opening scene. And I just think, oh, it's just... So Scorsese and so brilliant. Yeah. And that line is so, and I have to say, it's so iconic, but <laughs> I just absolutely think it's brilliant. And Joe Pesci for me as well is just, I just think in that movie, he absolutely steals the movie. I think he's
3: bona psychopath in that but that is great. Yeah. Great. Right, I watched that scene, well, I watched that film very recently, actually.
0: Yeah.
3: All of it, yeah, Ross? Such a great one. All of the movie? Did you watch all of it? Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen, I've seen, I love gangster movies. Right. I yeah. watched Godfather's the other day, Casino recently, mm. Casino not Casino, uh, Goodfellas recently, Casino watched last year. Yeah, so
2: I'm all over those. Yeah. Well, yeah. If we do top ten gangster movies, then not- we know the call. Oh yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Nazis and gangsters. I'm 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 fine with. Star <laughs> <Okay. and> <laughs> you <laughs>
2: might want to rephrase that
3: Ross <laughs> that's a good soundbite though isn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: that's not a t-shirt is it you don't want to have that on a t-shirt um okay so that's great Rick uh, Ross what is your number one
3: it's Inglorious Bastards oh is it <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah excellent it's the length of it It's everything. and also um, the guy who plays the farmer um Dennis Menachet or something like that he's um, have you seen Spotless did you ever watch that it was a TV program on Netflix 10 episodes long and he was uh, one of two French brothers and one French brother lived in London and his job was to clean up blood splatter um, from suicides or anyone getting shot whatever and so he was on this job cleaning and then this uh, Menachet he, he comes in having driven from Paris in a in a in a van with a dead prostitute in the back. And he's kept the prostitute because she swallowed a load of his drugs. And it started, it's basically the two of them then getting involved with gangsters of London um, and trying to get these drugs back and stuff. It's a really great series that unfortunately didn't get a second series commissioned, but um, it was, it was meant to be coming, but it never did.
0: Mm. So yeah.
3: So that, that farmer, he, I saw him in that first, even though that came it, it was in reverse. Um so then that's my how you do it though, Ross. <laughs> that's how you do it. You do it all in, <laughs> in reverse. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> i do it backwards. <laughs> I'll do
2: it, I'll do it backwards. Yeah. Uh fair enough. Yeah, I mean that well, that's again. another one that we've all three of us have had. I had it at yeah. number what I have at number eight, you had it at number six, Rick. Yeah. And you had it at number one, Ross. There you go. Okay. Mm. My number one um is about as harrowing as saving private Ryan and it's up. It's the oh, Pixar movie. Yeah. <laughs>
3: um
2: no, uh, it's it's just sweet, beautiful, heartbreaking. Uh, the whole Ellie and uh, Carl Fredericks and their whole love affair and life, um, and sadly the death of one of them as well. It is just. It was something that Pixar used to do really well. Not so much now, but they used to really be able to mix comedy and heartbreak like effortlessly, effortlessly, (laughs) effortlessly. And Up is the perfect, (laughs) the perfect example of that. Just the first 10 minutes, rips your heart out, stomps it on the floor, puts it back and then says, right, we're going to try and just revive you a little bit now for the next hour and 30 minutes. It's a great film, but I don't think it actually lives up to that first 10 15 minutes because it just destroys you yeah. as a as a as a as a piece of um uh, a piece of movie if you like i don't know what you guys think rick
1: no i i completely agree with you and, and again this is one that sort of popped in and out um i don't know what i don't know why like i, 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 I think it's a really beautifully um written and, and sort of like animated um opening scene actually I just don't think I've seen it often enough, you know, it's, yeah. it's, um, but I think uh, I, I agree with you. I think it's, it balances complete and total heartbreak with almost the joy of life at the same time. It's a really interesting mix and, and that's why it's so effective. It's not just saying one thing, it's saying uh, several different things. Yeah. Um, and Just the idea of like companionship and the loneliness and it's, it's got everything in that first few minutes. And mm. I can understand why, it's, why it was filmed as a short because it's just powerful as anything. Yeah. Absolutely. Completely
3: agree. Ross, have you seen Up? Well, I'm just writing it on my list of films to watch after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Along with the entire Star Wars franchise. <laughs> Lord of War, Avengers, Dark Knight. of
2: the Lost Ark. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark, definitely.
3: Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a fun film, not an action film. So, That's right. Yeah, I've got a list. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would recommend it. <laughs> <while I> <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> um okay let's get through (laughs) no i have i i I watched
3: that was yeah
2: absolutely um we've got some honorable mentions here so cory graham said the opening of airplane with the jaws reference right out the gate and then it starts like a regular airport scene that slowly becomes more unhinged it's gold also the intro storytelling on uh papel picado in coco is really cool Yeah, Coco's another good one. Uh, Stu Grant, the Ghostbusters library opening, 2001 A Space Odyssey, the original X-Men, Halloween, Dawn of the Dead remake, Back to the Future, Scream, The Matrix, (laughs) Austin Powers, any of the three, and Grease, the animated credits. Yeah, they're really good. Actually, the opening to The Good, The Bad, and The Weird is pretty good too. Lisa Buchanan says, well, on that note, uh, Corey, uh, the opening of Jaws is, the embedded, is embedded in my memory. Uh, the buoy bell, the clothes on the beach, the view from the, below the surface of the water, the music, the attack. On a happier, hmm. sadder note, the animated movie Up, so poignant, amazing a cartoon can resonate. My friend Eric says the opening of Apocalypse Now, the doors playing, the fan spinning, and the segueing into the helicopter blades. Uh right, this one is a, a Twitter handle and it's uh PHPH ph, um at fatfuck four. So that's why it is it's ph, ph just so just so you know that. Uh fatfuck four says good fellows of Clockwork Orange, Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, and Star Wars a New Hope. That's probably one of my favorite. Twitter handles I've ever seen Fat Fuck 4 thank you for that uh, at Andy McEwen1 said fellas, The Watchman in the name of the father is underrated great opening with the troubles Kit Torpin said The Obvious Jaws Raiders of the Lost Ark starting with the fade in from the Paramount Mountain into Live Mountain and you said Rick Save and Private Ryan and just about any Bond movie Throw in The Fugitive, It Never Stops, and Baby Driver. Opening credits, Star Wars and Catch Me If You Can. Oh, and Pav, still think you lied about your favourite fave Costner movie. Yes, I did. Oh, I didn't um, lie, but I had to choose that because of my wife. Uh, so listen back to that episode <laughs> and you'll understand. Um, Rick Tyndall said the D-Day scene from Saving Private Ryan, Daniel Craig's intro into James Bond in Casino Royale, and Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jaws are both great. Eddie J. Miller said the opening credits of Deadpool are the best thing ever filmed. That was one of the ones that was close to being on my list because yeah. absolute genius. I don't suppose you've seen Deadpool either, Ross, have you? Add that to your list.
3: Add yeah. Deadpool to your list, because that yeah, is batshit what, what. crazy. <laughs> <It> <laughs> did anyone did anyone have um babe pig in the city or no they didn't. Mr. <laughs> Nanny starring they didn't have that. I
2: mean I mean somebody did mention that they did put that I in, but, that, didn't but they yeah. were a guest
3: on today's
1: episode. So <laughs> the opening of the classic "Stop" on my mom will shoot. <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs>
3: and I'm a, I'm a little bit saddened that no one had a sister act, either one or back in the habit. Well, both great episodes. <laughs> back um, in the what, habit like?
1: though wins the award for for the best sort of subtitle, sort of you know, um, title for a, for a follow up film about nuns. <laughs> back, well, back in, in the, the habit. habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: um so that's it before we actually do say our goodbyes and everything like that i've also got to say i've to say at the start hello to um kim leslie who happens to be our new patreon top head so thank you very much kim for your support um and i shall also thank you, counter that to you rick as well thank you so much for your support uh, what do you think of the name top head do you like that as a that's what what you are name to us you are a top head yeah. What what is it, what is that? Is that just is, is like a? That's a Patreon. All of our Patreoners are Top Heads now. I love it. Yeah, I like that. It was good. Yeah, we've it's even good. got we've got T-shirts with it on yeah, swear... with Top Head and that. That's what we've got. <laughs> I forgot to wear it
3: tonight, but I should have worn mine. Yeah, I like that.
2: But there you go. So you are officially now a. It's top a good head. job, look,
3: Rick. It's a good job Rick didn't slag it off, given you've got T-shirts, mate. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what do you think about it? I didn't like it. What do you, what do you think of Tophead? Well, I'd
2: prefer Tophead I mean, because yeah. it actually gives the idea of a To be fair, that uh, yeah, that £1,000 we've it. spent on all the T-shirts I've got in my other <laughs> shed now would have been gone to shit, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, I'm,
0: I'm
2: I mean, for, honored, tax, for tax great, purposes, so, yeah. we haven't spent a £1,000 on T-shirts, just to let you know, just for tax uh, purposes, we haven't.
1: No, um, but no it was great. great It's really good yeah definitely yeah
2: good. Rick thanks ever so much for joining us mate and um, no next time you've got a classic idea for another top 10 let us know and uh, we'll have you back like a shot
1: will do thanks very much for having me it's been cheers really good mate broadcast.
2: before we do go though Ross do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with us and all that gubbins
3: I would love to you can find us on all social media on at top 10 pods You can email us at top10pods at hotmail.com if you want to get in touch or send us suggestions for episodes. You can join our Patreon and support the podcast at www.patreon.com forward slash top10pods where there are great rewards such as bonus episodes, video playlists, limited edition merchandise, and you can get to be a guest on your own episode also. Please come and subscribe to us on YouTube, TikTok, and all the podcast providers, and links will be in the show notes.
2: Thank you very much, Ross. And thank you very much for uh, holding the fort uh, in Neil's place for uh, a couple of episodes. It's been nice to have you here.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: It's been and great. next time we'll choose a couple of subjects that, that you know a bit more about, the 90s music and yeah. movies that you haven't seen.
3: Maybe uh, Steve Bruce through the 90s. <laughs> Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find something for you, mate. Football clubs we? managed by Ian Dowie. That will be oh,
2: great. Is there 10 of those? I don't <laughs> even think there is 10 of there's those. About, there? There's
3: about 15, I think. Oh, is so there? No, there's not really. Oh, wow. No, probably not.
2: Um, Rick, once again, thanks ever so much, mate. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you once again. Good to meet you, Rick. Thank you, Thank you me, so Rick. much for your support. Thank you, Ross. Thank you, Ross. Thank you. Thank you, everybody else. And let's go start the countdown. 10, 9,
3: no.